Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. And first time in a while that we've actually had a guest on this podcast. So we're super excited to bring you our interview with Talking Giants's, yeah, that's right, Bobby Skinner. Um, a great conversation with him about all things Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants, free agents, and some even even some draft talks split in there at the end, we're going to have to talk to Bobby again, by the way, Alex, as we get closer to the draft, because that was a, such a great conversation, and he does bring a lot uh, to the table, and he even actually gave us some, uh, some, I guess, insights on uh, his Talking Giants episode that I'm sure he's probably recording right now as we're doing our intro here. Um, if you're coming from Talking Giants, we appreciate you coming from there, and if you came to our podcast first, we really appreciate that you made Giant Take your first listen of the day. Please go and go to you know Talking Giants new episode uh, after after us because they talk about free agents and it's fun stuff. So, without further ado, my friend, my co-host Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Another week getting closer to free agency, getting closer to the draft. Next week is the uh, combine, which is super duper exciting. Um, I'm you know hyped for that. Um, and you know, just waiting on these Daniel Jones deals, the Saquon Barkley deal, all these deals uh, that the Giants um, hopefully are going to make very, very soon. And uh, it's getting exciting. We already saw some, you know, cap casualties yesterday with the Titans, or two days ago when you're listening to this. Um, so the off season's really getting, you know, up and away, I guess you can say. And I'm uh, just ready to get into it, get into this episode before we send it to the interview, which. Uh, you know, just like you said, it was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun, um, you know, talking about everything uh, from the Nets to the free agency that was class, also the beginning, to Daniel yeah. Jones yeah. to the draft, uh, talking about a couple of my favorite guys. So 
overall uh, a good day so far, and I think this intro should hopefully uh, have some interesting information as well. Um, and and yeah, I do want to say too, it, it as great as it is, and I love previewing these position classes um, week and week and week out. You know, kind of going week by week by week. Uh, we did that back to back. It's kind of nice to take a little bit of a breather, right? And give us some more time to do some scouting of the positional group that is the cornerbacks, which is our next group that will probably be coming sometime, uh, hopefully next week or the week after that. Yeah, getting um, ready for the combine also, obviously. That so. too. Um, so it's nice to kind of take a little bit, of, not not a break because we're still here, we're still grinding, we're we still don't, doing The grind episodes, never stops, but it's no a, breaks. It's a nice time to have this off-season chat and conversation and more of like a, what am I like a not slower tempo? How do I like a, a nice like uh, chill? I Relaxed. guess episode relaxing episode. So we hope you sit back and relax listening to this one. Okay, let's get to the news here. Enough side conversations. <laughs> Brian Murphy's believed to be Daniel Jones's primary agent now and the point person on this. Uh, you know, with the New York Giants, he's a CEO and the founder of Athletes First. Murphy has represented high profile players for years. A Harvard Law grad did the Kyle Rudolph deal with the Giants in uh, recent years. That report came out on Tuesday, and obviously we're recording this on Thursday. It'll be out on Friday. Um, just going to keep on running through these bullet points. Cleveland Browns have requested permission to interview the New York Giants assistant special teams coordinator, Anthony Blevins, for their special teams coordinator job. Blevins had stints with the Cardinals prior to his job with the Giants, and he intended, or any interviewed, excuse me, with the Broncos for their special teams coordinator position, and that was via Adam Schefter on Tuesday. I'll read one more, Alex. I'll send it to you. Re, uh, right now, it seems that the franchise tag is pegged on Daniel Jones and is against the salary cap, which would be around $31 million if he were to sign that franchise tag. Meanwhile, uh, or I guess meaning, sorry, that the Giants wouldn't uh, be able to sign many notable free agents to help Daniel Jones and his weapons would be very similar to what he had last season. If Daniel Jones does happen to sign a deal with the team, which we hope, best case scenario, Saquon Barkley would, be the mo- would most likely be tagged and wouldn't really have, have any leverage with the team on the deal or anything like that. Um, Alex, any reactions to that? I just realized the next thing on the list I probably should talk about since I watched that. But anyway, I, I don't I don't really have any reactions to this. I'm just kind of waiting for the contract, man. I'm sick of the talk, even though that's literally what this podcast is about. Um, so <laughs> a little bit counterintuitive there. But I'm sick of the talk, and I'm just waiting for this deal to come out so we can analyze it for what it actually is, not for what it is at 30 million reported or 45 million or 87 million million you know who knows um i just i just want to see what the deal is what it's going to entail and uh, i think we talked about this you know quite a bit with bobby in the interview so i'm not going to go on and on about it but you know jones obviously first priority and then it comes to saquon barkley who i think the tag is probably the right fit for um as we discussed in the interview so let's move to Craig Carton now. And Alex, I know you didn't see it in the clip and you don't really know who he is, so I'll kind of go into him a little bit. Craig Carton, which you don't really need to know who he is anyway. Uh, <laughs> and and it's no offense to Carton, but anyway, sorry for you Craig Carton fans out there. Um, WFAN uh, guy in the afternoon with Evan Roberts. Uh, you know who that is, though. I do know his, who that is. His, his Nets uh, fandom. Uh, so Craig Carton has also now a CBS sports show in the mornings. I think it's like a 6 to 9 or something like that. Um, AM show uh, that's on CBS Sports, which you just got, I think, within the last few months or a year. Anyway, on that show this morning, he basically stated that Daniel Jones and Athletes First never actually said anything to the Giants about wanting $45 million a year, which is what Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported a few days ago. 
Instead, apparently it was CAA, which was Jones's old agency, who leaked this fake story because they were upset he was leaving the agency and wanted to make Jones look bad or make people think he was crazy for asking so much money. Now, to that, Ryan Dunleavy of the NY Daily News, I believe, is who we you know where where he uh, writes from, reposted that video and retweeted it and said, "There's a lot of misinformation here." Um, so I don't know how much is right. Carton did say on a show that it was from valuable sources or whatever you call it, like an inside source that he trusts. So I don't know how much of that is right. That's what Carton said. I think we also talked to Bobby about it a little bit too. Um, but the conclusion we can come to is that Daniel Jones, the $45 million talk never was a thing. Maybe something in the $40 million deal way. Uh, that's what I've been seeing that a lot of people within Daniel Jones's group thinks he's worth $40 million, but nothing close to 40, not, I mean, 40 million is close. Um, if you think about it in just the millions, uh, (laughs) but nothing in the $45 million area, more 40 and under. Um, so that's the thing there. And I, yeah, I think we got really, Oh, everything except one thing, which we're before we recorded the interview with Bobby, one breaking news story our former, now Giants quarterback, Davis Webb, former third-string quarterback of the team. Future Hall of Famer. Is joining the Denver Broncos as their quarterback coach. And Alex, what was the tweet you saw right after that happened? Oh, 28-year-old Davis Webb will be coaching 34-year-old Russell Wilson, for those who want a little laugh. I think that's a nice little tidbit to add there. Um, what can Russell Wilson learn from Davis Webb? That's the real question. I mean, he threw... Touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay. Anything's possible. This is this is very true, and I think it could also be for is um who's their backup quarterback in Denver? No idea. Isn't it? Don't they have a youngster there? No, Drew Locke got traded in the trade. Oh right, right, right. They don't have Locke anymore. No, they got a I don't know someone. I mean, <laughs> a veteran. We, I forget his we, name. We all want Broncos country to ride, except after last season, we have no idea how it's going to look. I'm telling you this now. Broncos country is actually going to be much better this year. I think they're going to make a Super Bowl push because that team's good. They got a lot of talent. They just needed competent coaching, which they just didn't have last season. We know how much coaching matters, and Sean Payton's a hell of a coach, so I think they're going to be much better. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be in that conversation. Their backup is Brett Ripien, which I've heard yes. the name before. But anyway, not that point. Uh, so Webb is gone. That means the Giants in free agency. It's not going to cost that much money. But they or in the draft maybe they maybe even draft someone. Well, they got Tyrod. Late. Yeah, they need a third string quarterback though for training not necessarily. camp. Necessarily. Yes, for training. Oh, for yes, camp, they do. Yeah. For camp, obviously. So we'll have to see what happens there um, for the team. But anyway, we do not have an outro for this episode, so that's going to come right now. But don't. Don't go anywhere. This is Don't not the actual off. outro. Do this it. is the transition into the interview, okay? Do not click off. Don't do it. Couple plugs. Social medias for us is the Giant Take Pod on Twitter and TikTok, Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast. Alex, he's on Twitter at Inorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. Subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. We hope you do. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places that you can find on shippestudios.com slash the Giant Take. All right. Alex, should I just do it? Go ahead. The honors. Enjoy the interview with JM Footballs and Talking Giants' Bobby Skinner. We are back now with a very special guest, a recurring guest here on the Giant Take podcast, uh, Talking Giants co-host Bobby Skinner. 
was actually just uh, watching the Daytona 500 about a week ago now, and he's joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you coming back on to to take our questions once again. Um, so thank you for that, Bobby. How you doing? Good. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, I didn't really appreciate the being harassed by Josh about the Nets at the start, but it's all good. <laughs> he's really a pain sometimes. It's really it's really frustrating to be a Nets fan these days. But Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, both of the Cams. Uh, we're we're set for the future, so you know we'll see what happens. Set for the future is one word. Yeah, okay. It's an interesting way to describe that, Alex. But you know, we got cancers off our team. All right, it's fine. That's true. I, I guess I know Bobby. I mean, I saw obviously on social media your reaction to the trade, but I don't even care. We're we're starting with Nets news. Um, I guess now looking back on it, what were your thoughts on obviously first the Kyrie to the Nav to the Nets to the Mavs? deal and then KD getting the hell out of there basically a day after that so I'll, I'll go quick I've always been a th- big believer of do what you can to keep them together because no matter how pain, much of a pain in the ass they are that's your only way to win a championship and when Kyrie demanded the trade I just I was finally like I've had enough like goodbye please get off my teeth but I also was like, we have Kevin Durant under contract for three and a half years. I get that this is not necessarily how the NBA works. Tell him to either get with it or piss off. Like you are being, you are going to finish out your life as a net or your fin- the next three and a half years as a Nets player. Um, but the Nets didn't have, I, I just hate everyone basically. Like I'm, I'm dead. I'm back to being dead as a Nets fan, but it's, I'm even more dead than I've ever been as a Nets fan because this Nets team will be kind of fun. You know, they'll get in the playoffs, but it's like, I can't enjoy that anymore now that I tasted like championship uh, aspirations for the first time in 20 years. So I, I basically hate everyone except for the new, except for, except for the player, except for the players on the team now, minus mm-hmm. Joe Harris. Minus Joe. Ben Simmons, still a fan? Oh yeah, actually, wow. I forgot about, <laughs> I, I hate Ben, Ben Simmons is definitely number one for my hate. Actually, no, Joe Sai one, <laughs> Ben Simmons two. I would guess Mark's three. And then, you know, I don't have, I, I actually like Jacques Vaughn. Um, Why not? That's, that's, Just got a new uh, extension. So, Good yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hate a lot of them, but a lot of the people that hate it are gone. So, yeah. Alex, I mean, I, you obviously, I mean, I, I, I've never actually like publicly expressed my thoughts on this, on this uh, podcast about it. But I mean, with the Kyrie trade, honestly, I don't know if I was just being ignorant, but I was like, you know, Kyrie, we got, you know, we got Finney Smith, we got Dinwiddie back, we got a couple of picks, we flipped those picks with the Philly picks, maybe we get another player, we get Ananobi or something, and we build this solid core around Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant leaves. So, you know, it, it was kind of like a, I guess I was in my own world here, I really should have known that once Kyrie requested the trade, that Ky- uh, that KD was going to be gone, but I really don't get it either, I kind of agree with you, Bobby, like, we know KD his whole life is basketball, right? He's not like Kyrie and some of these other players who kind of, you know, are just kind of doing, you know, I'm not going to say they're doing it just to do it and for the money type thing, but he's not going to do what Kyrie and Harden did where Harden just stopped playing basketball on the court. Kyrie will just stop playing. Yeah. He can't do that. Right. He already folded once. He already folded once. Yeah. He, he's not that type of guy. So, you know, Hey, you tell him, Hey, you're going to sit there for three and a half years and never touch an NBA court for that amount of time. He's not going to do that. He'll come back. But, sounds like I guess they had some sort of backroom deal that they were going to try to make it work and they promised Katie that they trade I don't know but who I guess Joe Sai is making those stupid deals but whatever man it's it's frustrating Josh stop smiling I don't want to see him smile anymore so we're going to stop talking about it 
Uh, you know, I, I was actually going to give you guys some credit. I think, like, I've been seeing the, the TikToks or whatever about how, like, the team is giving, like, the 2019 Nets vibes now because there's no stress and there's kind of no pressure. It's just a bunch of youngsters and even the veterans playing for um, for just just playing. You know, there's no kind of, I think, pressure on their hands now. And obviously, you've been seeing, what was it, Bridges has that three-pointer that three pointer celebration where he yeah, points with that and tilt. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. And also... You know, since since we do live in Jersey, we do we're you know we're able to get the yes broadcast. So from time to time, I watch a Nets game and watch the pressers. And honestly, I'm really impressed by like how Vaughn speaks in his press conferences uh, before or after games. I don't know if you, I mean, Alex, I know you watch Bobby. I'm sure you, yeah. you, you know, kind of stay in touch with them too. He's a really great speaker, and he does like, I mean, a lot. If he improves, if he well, just being a great speaker isn't the best. Like being I know, but I'm just saying, like I'm, I'm not. Um, I wouldn't say Thibodeau isn't a great speaker, but it's just like I'm not used to that from like your basketball head coach. It's weird, uh, you know, being having Tom Thibodeau as your head coach. He's not really doesn't really talk a lot. He's not really addressing anything. So anyway, but it's fine. You know, the Knicks will be taking over that whatever fifth spot. I think you guys are in right now in just a couple of days. So nine and one on our past ten games. I that's all I'm going to say. Nine okay, I think one and a half games behind you right now. Two and a half maybe. Don't one one spot behind. Don't aim so high with fifth place. Hey, listen, as long as we're not in the playing games and we can beat the Hawks in the first round, that's all I care about. I need my revenge earlier than later. That's Although their, Ernie, That's their aspirations, just beating the Hawks and making trades. Well, they're not yeah. even going to be in the playoffs, to be fair. The Hawks just lost their coach. They have no effort. We played them the other day or a couple weeks ago. I think the game going to the All-Star break, like, lost by, like, 20-30. That team has no effort right now. And Trey Young just... I, that just shows that Trey Young's a great player, but he can't t- carry a team. So again, stop putting your goals so high on beating a 12 seed. I think I think with that, I think it's time to move to uh, Daniel Jones. No, am I wrong? That's am I different. wrong, Daniel Jones? Uh, so the Giants, also seeking high aspirations, right? With I, his price tag. Apparently, apparently, allegedly. I want allegedly. I want to talk about this. So, uh, Bobby, I assume did you see what happened with Craig Carton on his show this morning? And his claims about it. Yeah, I, I don't put any weight into what Craig Carton says as an insider. I don't either. I don't either. Or much at all. But on the flip side, Mike Florio, like, throwing, floating out 45 mil, I didn't put any into that. Um, with Daniel Jones, I'm kind of ignoring all the outside noise right now. And if you look at, like, past contracts and stuff, 15 to 16% of the cap, for his average annual value is what I think he should get. And that is like between 34 and like 36 and a half mil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the giants should be putting their sights on. And they have, they have a lot of, a lot more leverage than people would think just because, Oh, he's an unrestricted free agent. Well, there's an assumption that he's going to be back with the giants from other teams around the league, which means they're not making plans to go and sign Daniel Jones, because even if he didn't accept their offer, they can franchise tag him. Um, so I think a deal is going to get done. I, I would I would like it to be you know thirty six mil or less. I and I don't. That's not just me being a fan that wants to pay less money. That's looking at the history of quarterback contracts, and that's where his career. That's where he would. That's where he would end up. And even that's a little generous. So I, I think between thirty four and thirty six is where he should and will end up. Yeah, I just want to confirm with you that, like, for the people that are saying, I mean, I guess 30 to 35 is in the range that you said, because that's 34, 35, but 
I think anything under that 34 is just kind of really not possible because it isn't if they do sign into that tag, that is 32.1, right? Isn't that what it is? Like 32 something million dollars? Yes, yes, yeah, it's 30, it's 32 something. Yeah. The franchise tag. And the only quarterback that has kind of fell into that percentage, which was Alex Smith, that would put him at 30 mil. And that was just kind of like a one off contract. I don't, I don't see that happening with Jones. And that was so long ago. Um, so, now that sounds like a big number, but that is the QB middle class market. Like the upper middle, you know, the upper class of quarterback contracts is forty five minimum now. You know, after Kyler got forty six, you know, so like Jalen Hurts will command probably fifty million dollars. Um, and any any quarterback who's viewed in that top tier will get you know you know like probably minimum of forty seven forty eight million average annual value. So thirty five, the floor for quarterback contracts is so high, but that is like the mid tier contract that I think Daniel Jones will get yeah when looking at kind of like all these you know rumors I guess that he asked for 45 blah, blah, but like in negotiating I don't think you know it seems like some people don't know how negotiating works one side comes in high the side that you know really want like of course the player's going to come in high and then the team's going to come in low I bet you you know Joe Shane and Brian Dable and stuff like that are coming in at say you know 32 million something like that who knows I, I mean I don't know and, you know, Daniel Jones and his his team are coming in supposedly at the 45 mark, and it's probably going to end up somewhere in the middle, you know, probably in the high 30s. I think you look at his value. I was looking at, you know, other players, uh, you know, in similar range in terms of his ability. I think Dak Prescott's probably like, you know, he's overpaid clearly right at 40 million. But I think he's going to be Daniel Jones going to end up just under that value would be my guess, probably like 37, 38, because you know, Dak was what, 40 million? That was a couple years ago he got signed to that extension, right? If I'm correct. It was 2021. 2020, yeah. So just, just like, just. Which was a weird year because of uh, the cap not going up because of. True. So, you know, I think, would you say that Daniel Jones is a more valuable player to, you know, is he a better player than Dak Prescott? Probably, you know, about the same maybe i don't i don't think you can't look at their body of work and say that daniel jones is better than Dak prescott yeah i would agree um there's obviously other outside factors and i think daniel jones can get to that level but to their and and again Dak has choked in the playoffs time after time so it depends on how much you wait on that but Dak has been a really good quarterback for a long time it's just kind of those playoff mishaps and i mean there's flaws to his game you know which there's, there's, it's why he's not an elite quarterback. He's a, yeah. he's a really good quarterback, but he's not an elite quarterback. Yeah. But I think Daniel Jones falls in the good quarterback tier right now, which again is super annoying at sports radio, but that's like the tier he falls in right now. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think you, you know, you look at Daniel Jones also, right? This season was really his, I don't want to say like breakout season because not like he blew the world away. Um, but in terms of the team just doing really well overall, but I think. You, you, this is his first season, right, that he's played all, you know, 17 games, right? He's had injury history in the past as well. You know, I don't think you can, he doesn't have that, you know, upper echelon resume. Um, he doesn't even have the resume of Dak did, like you said. You know, Dak was playing at a high level for multiple, you know, for several years before he got that contract, whereas Daniel Jones really only played at a, a reasonably high level, I'd say, this past season. So I think that's something to take into account as well. Yeah, when you look at other guys that have been in that situation, um, you know, let me pull it up right now. I have my notes. Uh, the Ryan Tannehills of the world, um, 
Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith. It lands in between like the fourteen point like fourteen fourteen point nine to like sixteen percent of the cap. Yeah. And I think that's where the Giants should end up. And again, that's that's between thirty three point seven and thirty five point nine average annual value. Really the true test is how many years do they give him? I think that tells a story on what what they think of him. Yeah, most quarterback contracts are like, it's just one non-guaranteed year at the end. So if it's it's a a five-year deal, it's four years and so on and so on. Um, I think that'll tell the story on what they really think on him is is how many years they give him. I can't imagine they do five. I I would have to assume it's three or four, most likely. If they truly, truly believed in him, five would be the best because that cap hit would be a lot less you know, five years from now instead of having to re-sign him. But if they have trepidations and there's like, hey, we were not able to push the ball downfield and a big part of that they thought was DJ's processing, um, then you got to go three years. And even then even then, you might want to franchise tag, but putting 32 mil on the cap this year would be really it's tough. So tough, yeah. It's a tough situation when you don't have a for sure, this is going to be the guy, we want this guy to be the guy for the next six to eight years type thing. And, and that's where the Giants are. Yeah, Alex. I mean, I guess going to what you were talking about earlier about like this past year being his, um, oh my gosh, what was like the, you call the breakout year, the breakout season. I think that's also like his big, um, this is like his big way to kind of, I guess, sell it to the team. Cause it wasn't even, the, it, it wasn't just like, okay, this is where he broke out. It was also, he did this without, you know, top tier weapons too. I think that's going to yeah. be a big part of his, his, uh, pitch to the New York Giants too is that it wasn't even with top quality talent and I, I like to not you know the I it's like I think it's complete rumor uh whether what Craig Carden says or not the 45 mil a year with the Mike Florio report um I do want to say this that if he does sign higher like more amount of money then I think he knows and or at least he should know that that's not going to give the Giants a lot of cap room to go out there and then sign free agents to help him uh, with this offense and he's going to be working with similar quality talent as he did last year with mainly Isaiah Hodgins who you know we just we know he just got brought back for uh, a minimum deal but you know if he's signing contracts in the 40 million dollar ranges that doesn't really leave the Giants with a lot to go out there and make moves in the offseason in the free agency window so I think if he really wants to stay in New York I'm sure that's something he's probably considering too that he he knows that if he signs something in the 30-something-ish million dollar range that the Giants can actually, you know, use the rest of that money that they don't sign him with to go and get weapons, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's guys on the team right now that's like they're trying to bring back with Julian Love, maybe even a guy like Richie. Like, that could make the difference between bringing back Richie Jane, which doesn't sound like the biggest thing in the world, but it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice piece to have on this team as depth. So, um yeah, it's but at the end of the day, these players are worried about their money and their money only for the most part. Unless you get a rare guy like Tom Brady, who basically got money funneled through TB12, uh, then then you know he's he's going to worry about his money. But at the end of the day, he does not he the market does not dictate him getting forty million dollars. Like he's yeah. not the he's not the quarterback that's up next. He's the quarterback whose contract expired, and they're going to get a deal that's reasonable. I think it's kind of interesting. You brought him up to Julian Love, right? Kind of, I guess, the third guy. You know, you got the top two guys with Saquon and Daniel Jones, but you've got a guy in Julian Love who was pretty critical to the team this past year, the year before as well. 
And no, there's not really any talk about what his situation is with re-signing the team. Uh, you know, is he going to re-sign? Are the Giants in kind of like, we don't really know. Um, you know, we've heard the rumors about Saquon and their valuations, you know, kind of being farther away. We've heard, obviously, the $45 million thing for Daniel Jones. Haven't really heard a lot about Julian Love as much. Obviously, not as much of a, uh, I guess, household name for the national media to uh, talk about, I guess. But do you think he's a guy who could possibly not re-sign with the Giants and could be, you know, someone that kind of um, could go away in free agency and just not return? Is his asking price going to be, you know, too much for the Giants considering they're already going to have to give a new deal to Xavier McKinney in the near future? Ooh, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think he could be a surprise walk. Um, for him, when I look at other player contracts, that and recent was J, uh, Jerron Curse out of the Cowboys and Jordan Whitehead of the Jets. Those guys got two for 10 and then two for 14 and a half. Um, and even then, I think that's a little rich for Julian Love when Wink Martindale has never put a huge value on re-signing safeties um, with his team. And you have Xavier McKinney. You drafted Dane Bell, and they like Pinnock more than most. And Julian Love is someone who's like best fit as a box safety. You know, he struggles when he's playing from deep. So we're not talking about a premier safety. We're talking about a we're talking about a good player in Julian Love, a sol- a solid player. Um, you know, and you look at like, you know, I know it's coming off of an injury, but Jabril Peppers got one year two million dollars last year. Jabril Peppers is an undoubted better player than Julian Love. So the safety market is one that is really hard to read. It really is. Like you look at the contracts, they're all over the place. Yeah. Um but I would aim to. I want to bring him back. I would aim at that two two year, ten million dollar type deal for Julian Love. Yeah, maybe even three years if you want, because you know you have at least a solid player in him who's got a high floor. Yeah, I think like three years, sixteen million is probably like a you know on the high end, probably what you'd want it. Yeah, but that's a, that's a fair deal. Obviously, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's a fair deal. Yeah, and I guess we'll transition to Saquon Barkley as well. I say yeah, I guess that's who we move to next, right? Um. There's been huge rumors, obviously, about him, you know, their valuations being farther apart. You know, Christian McCaffrey money, $16 million, Is that where he's going to want to band? Is he going to be much more team-friendly, more 10, 11, 12 million? I don't, I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off, Alex. I don't think the Giants are signing into a contract. Like, I, I really... I it's a tag or bust. I don't... Yeah. I, I, I personally have a number in my head, which I would not go over unless possibly the years are really short, but 12 and a half is really like, I know this has been reported that that's Joe Shane number, Joe Shane's number, excuse me, as well, 12 and a half million a year. But I feel like that's about as high as I go for a running back, even even someone as talented as Saquon Barkley. But I think the running back market's really tough because now you're seeing these teams like the Eagles, like the Chiefs, who are having success with, you know, I don't want to say, I want to say less talented backs, but you know, guys who are just not taking up as much of the cap room as, you know, players like Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, et cetera. You know, when you have, I mean, you saw what's happening with the Titans, right? Titans are paying Derrick Henry, what, 14, 15 million a year. And now they're having to cut all these guys. I'm not saying just because of Derrick Henry, but Woods, um, Luan, you know, they had to get rid of AJ Brown. They didn't want to sign him to a big contract. Like it, paying running backs does have its consequences. So that's kind of what I'm concerned about with the Saquon Barkley contract. I think they should quietly just have a plan of franchise tagging him. I mean, like you said, the they supposedly turned down 12 and a half mil. They should not go. I don't even know if they should offer that depending on the years. Yeah. Um, the franchise tag is $10.1 million. Just like, keep franchise tagging him over and over again. Yeah, 
Yeah, seriously. Put it on putting a, I know it's like, oh, well, it's all in one. Well, so we can afford that on the books. Um, it's, I'm sure Saquon Barkley would not appreciate it, but at the end of the day, I think that's the right thing for the do from the Giants. Like, do what the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell. Where it's like, we don't want to lose you because I don't want to lose Saquon Barkley, but I don't know if I want to pay him a long-term deal either. Um, so I, I would franchise tag and not have any desire to take get a long-term deal done unless it's something that's super cheap, which is not going to happen. I think there's also an outside thing too, right? You know, John Mara is going to have some input on this, right? Because Saquon Barkley, he sells jerseys. He's kind of the face of the franchise. So I think not you, it as much as maybe he's not worth that amount of money to the franchise, to, you know, revenue, he could be to just have him around anyway. But I'm not sure that's how Joe Shane operates. But I think in the past, you know, John Mara has really been reluctant to, you know, get rid of guys who are kind of the face of the franchise. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's tough because he kind of plays his cards perfectly. Um, so there's a lot more than just do we play this player? There's so much yeah. more in play with Saquon Barkley and you'd, you'd be you can't ignore it. You yeah. can't. But yes, you can't ignore the evidence of Saquon Barkley not being the same player that he was once was. You can't ignore the fact that he has a huge injury history. You can't ignore the factor that even though he had a really good year this year, it wasn't a spectacular year. He just got a lot of carries. Um, it was his third best year if, as far as yards per carries go, and he's only really had four seasons. You know, and last year was the 2021 was obviously pitiful. Um, you can't ignore the fact that if he does have a, a smaller injury in season, the five games that he comes back, he struggled. Whether it's 2019 or this past season. And you can't ignore the fact that out of seven workhorse backs in the NFL this year, you guys are getting all my notes for the pre- for the podcast for Friday. Uh, he was seventh in yards after contact per attempt. So uh, he's still a really good player, but it's it's dangerous to invest. But where I want where I want to keep him is like the Giants aren't filled with talent, so letting a talent walk would suck. Yeah. I uh, had trouble muting, unmuting there for a second. Um. I just wanted to say that I I think right now I I'm assuming I'm assuming that the Giants still have that franchise tag set in place for Jones just in case the contract negotiations don't go well and then obviously I I mean I think everyone knows this so obviously if if the Giants end up signing Jones for how however much they sign Jones they tag Barkley I think it goes right to Barkley he's that number two option but I do think that I bet you Jones is probably still that number one priority for the tag. Just in case there are no, because I, I mean, would you rather have your star running back or your star quarterback? What position's more important in the league? So I think, I mean, I, I would assume that Andy right Jones now, Jones was priority one for sure. They yeah, I think, I think on the franchise tag, uh, he's number one right now. But obviously, if he signs, I think Saquon moves right up the list and goes to number one. But I mean, we know that already. So I mean, the the ideal situation, the the dream scenario is Jones signs for. Bobby, your range of that thirty-four to thirty-six million dollar deal for—I I don't even think the years matter. Just signing him, getting him—you know—to put that pen on paper, and then being able to tag Barkley. That's the dream scenario for all Giants fans. And um, what sucks is like I think everyone on Twitter right now is just antsy, and we're seeing all these numbers. They're bouncing, you know, like a a ball, like a pinball, I guess, all over the place because they're all just waiting. You know, even though it's March seventh or whatever that date is. They're waiting and they want it to happen immediately. They want Shane to, you know, get the contract negotiations done now on on when we're recording this Thursday night, February twenty third. 
even though they still have about two and a half, two or so weeks to work with. So it's not like that. That's not how we, I mean, we should know this as fans of football. That's not how, you know, contract negotiations go. They take time. They take days, even weeks to do. So it seems like Jones is taking his time. I mean, he just switched those agents now to athletes first. And I don't think Shane or the front office of the New York Giants is in a rush at all on their side anyway, either. Um, Cause you know, they obviously don't want to act like they're in a rush because then that could look to the agency and be like, oh, they really, you know, they really want you. They're making offers now. So I think both sides know exactly what they're doing on Jones's agent side and the Giants too. And Shane, even though this is what is first, I guess, full off season with the team and the GM role. I mean, he's done this before as, and as, as an assistant GM. So it's nothing new. Yeah, yeah that's all I got. I, I would like it to, I agree. I would like it to get done. So I'm kind of tired of it. Uh <laughs> So we're we're actually, uh, I have four. We're doing a uh, podcast finally on the pending for ages. We've been teasing it. I have four full pages, like uh, of notepads, ready to go for this, and just be like, anytime ask anyone ask my opinion, be like, listen, just listen. Just I'm not I'm not tweeting at you. Just listen. <laughs> Is oh, that? Oh, go go, go ahead. No no no. I've been talking for a bit. You go. No, I was just gonna say. So I we've talked about this before, but you're a. a pen and paper notepad guy mm-hmm. um, when it comes to your notes i don't think we've ever talked about it with justin is justin also uh like a, a pen and paper guy i don't think so nope he's, he's not he's he's a he's a young kid like you guys yeah so okay. he's, he's all digital i'm still i'm still old school pen still and paper so now I, so my draft full my draft binders are like this thick um but i will be honest I still, I have started, last year I started doing them in Google Docs, but I still write them down on paper just because I like to have the binder and I and the old saying, you remember it better if you write it down. I still think that's true. So it is. No, and it I is. just like having the big binder of, of paper. It makes me feel like a football guy. It makes you yeah. feel like Dave Gettleman on draft. Exactly. Exactly. People were like, we're clowning Dave Gettleman for that. And I was like, that's the coolest draft binder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um. Oh, I forget what I was going to ask now, Alex. You took me out of my... Sorry about that. Oh, free agents. So, it's not... I don't want to, you know... We're not going to ruin the episode. We're not ruining talk, the Talking Giants episode. Obviously, everyone here... Oh, no, go for probably it. probably already listened to Talking Giants. Good reps. Or your <laughs> Good reps. Or your, uh, or your, I guess, coming... Yeah, you're either coming to us after or going there after, I'm sure. Um, is it all... Are you guys going through, like, any position of need? Or how is that getting... We're just doing pending New York Giants free agents. So Daniel Jones, Nick Giants are the big two. Then Julian Love, Darius Slayton, Richie James are like the the next tier. And then it's like, then we have Gates or Feliciano as a segment. And then it's the last segment, which there's like one, two, three, four, like 13 of these guys of our segment is minimum contractor walk. So I'll go, I'll I'll give it to you quick. Like, (laughs) O'Shane Zimenez, walk. Fabian Moreau, minimum. Uh, Jalen Smith, walk. Uh, Jamie Gillian, I put whatever. Madlena, minimum. I went, I went, I went mini. And then Jihad Ward, I went minimum. And then there's a lot of walks. I won't bore you with Marcus Johnson and <laughs> Justin Ellis. What's your Darius Slayton thoughts? I guess I'm, I'm curious. No, that's a it's a it's a conversation that has not been talked about a lot because everyone's so Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley heavy. I think it's an important decision with him, you know, because 
Like, if you look at pending free agent wide receivers, he's like the fourth most product- productive out of all. I like know, it's Ju- crazy. It's like such a weak class. It's like Juju and then the Darius Slayton tier right there. Um, I went and looked at other contracts, like Zay Jones got three for 24. Uh, Cedric Wilson got three for 22. So I think that's where he's going to end up. And that might be a little too rich for the Giants, who aren't the biggest fans of Darius Slayton. You know, like Joe Shane and Brent, they're not big Darius Slayton fans. So I think he ends up walking. But you got to have some replacements. Like you got to have like kind of two high four high floor players, or like go out and get someone who you believe will be your number one wide receiver. Because without his speed, this offense would have been mm-hmm. inoperable. So I, I think it's a big decision. I would I would love to have Slayton back, but I'm leaning yeah. that he's probably out. But I think yeah. another team's going to give him some decent money because he's he's led the Giants in receiving three of four years. I think it's kind of confusing, um, to be honest, for me, why Dable and Shane don't really like him, because he kind of has the attributes of a guy that they would like, minus the drops, obviously. So that always kind of confused me, how he didn't really fit into the offense always. But um, yeah, I mean, we saw he was pretty much in the doghouse in the beginning of the year, obviously, when a lot of these injuries hit, he was able to come back in. But I, I'm I'm kind of conflicted about, about Slayton. I don't really know exactly what his value is I don't know what his value is to other teams what it is to the Giants I think he's going to be an interesting one I think him and Love are ones that people aren't really talking about but are actually really important because if you lose Darius Slayton now you're suddenly left with what Hodgins and you know Galladay's gone um, you know, Hodgins and Wandale are basically the only receivers yeah. that are real receivers that are on the roster and Wandell is going to be coming back from an ACL right so he's going to need some time to you know cat, catch back up to speed it's going to be tough yeah. for him we always see, you know, you kind of have trouble. Honestly, I saw Robert Woods got cut the other day, right? Or what was it, yesterday? Yeah. Would be interested in him for the Giants. You know, not on a long, huge deal. But we always see that wide receivers struggle the season they get back from the ACL, right? Obviously, Robert Woods tore his ACL two seasons ago now. This past season was his, was his you know, return from the ACL injury. I think Robert Woods is a guy who now with a full year of ACL recovery, you know, passed him. Could he possibly kind of get back to his old ways where he was, you know, a pretty solid receiver? Um, you know, he would fit that. what the Giants wanted to do big time, too. I, I but think he is, he is going to be what, 31? This, I was he'll say, be 31 this year. 30. He had 520 yards last year, so not very successful. Yeah. Um, you'd be banking. I could see him coming in on like a minimum deal. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what the market's going to be for him. Yeah. Like, I if think it's anything more than two, maybe I want to do too. it, but. Yeah, he could. I think he yeah. like somewhere like the Chiefs or you know uh, even the Eagles or something. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, Eagles don't have any cap really. Um, I got I got one more. I got one more thing, and it's of course uh, I have to go to the next part of the off season. Um, pass free agency, and that's a draft. Uh, scouting combine a week from today, right? That's Science also board. true. Also true. I'm very excited. You were able to go to the senior bowl. Um, for I'm not speaking for Alex and speaking for myself so far, just because this is what we've had to do for our podcast. I looked at the top wide receivers and the top linebackers, and I'm starting to look at cornerbacks because that's the next area position of need we're gonna cover. I'm gonna keep the the question as broad as possible to to let you kind of take over with just any guys that like some guys that have really stood out to you so far um in your draft research. The corners look really good. Like Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, I really like him, and he'd obviously fit exactly what the Giants do with Pressman. So I've been watching the linebackers. Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. He's a fun player, but he's 
got some he's got a lot of cleaning up to do about his game but he's new to the position and he plays aggressive like i can work with a guy like that like i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being picked 25 but i like jack campbell the iowa linebacker i don't know how you know i think he might go higher up in the second round so that might not be an option for the giants um and then receivers i'll be honest guys i haven't really gotten into them yet i, I you know at least the, the top of the class ones i kind of watched most of the senior bowl guys um but i want to i want to true wide receiver one and the Giants just drafted Wandale I I don't know if they can draft uh, a guy who's projected to play mostly in the slot in his career uh, whether you know whoever that is whether it's Josh Downs or whatever yeah. Um, but I, I t- honestly I see myself landing on defense at the end of the day Yeah, I, agree. I, I really do because the Giants they, they need a lot of help on defense more than you think they need corner they need a linebacker desperately and I think they could even use another edge if they really, really wanted to, even though that's not going to be top of the priority list for the Giants. So yeah. um, wide receiver one, a true wide receiver one is the thing that can help the Giants close the gap yeah. the most in one offseason. But I don't know if I don't want to force that either. Um, I don't it, think I'll, I'll let you go. I was just going to say it's it. I was I was going to you, Alex. It's funny, Bobby, that you say you haven't done like much scouting for the wide receivers because that's fine because you're speaking Alex's language right there. He loves uh, Yoshivas, right? I think that's how you pronounce his name. That was at the senior. Andre Yoshivas out of Princeton. Yeah, I think he's excited. And then also, what's the Michigan Jayden State? Jaden Reed. I'm a Jaden Reed. Fan. I like Jaden Reed. I like Jaden Reed a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, I was watching his tape. And to be honest, I don't see, like, there's a gap for sure, but I don't see that big of a gap between a Jaden Reed type player and your. You know, I'm trying to think who are the who are the top. Reed is going to be someone who puts up six to seven hundred yards every single season. That's a yeah. That's I don't see a big difference between him and someone like Downs or someone like even. Yeah, I haven't watched Downs yet. Wow. Even, read even Flowers, right? Like I think there the there's not the problem with this wide receiver class is there's not anyone who's really a pure number one wide receiver except for Johnston, who's probably going to be gone by the time the Giants pick. Most like top ten, I think. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go top 10. I think he'll go in the teens probably would be my guess. He's not. I don't think he's as good of a talent as some of the guys. You know, I don't think he's like a Garrett Wilson or Drake London level kind of player. But I, I think that's kind of the problem here. So if you're going to want a number one wide receiver, I think you're probably going to have to trade either trade up in the draft, which probably won't be what the Giants elect to do or make a trade, you know, you know, probably trading that first round pick for an elite guy. But I mean, you look at the wide receiver market, you know, in Tampa Bay, I guess that's probably the one place you'd look right there. No more Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin now just sitting there um, with, you know, no quarterback at the moment. I think that would be potentially a place that you could look, but there's just not a lot of options out there right now. So I agree with you. I think the Giants will probably go defense, try to add a few more, you know, wide receiver two, threes, uh, you know, to surround Daniel Jones with, but I think they're going to still have to wait for that number one guy. Yeah, I agree. Have you, uh, have you checked out because I just started like my cornerback stuff this week, so I'm going like one down. Witherspoon out of Illinois, unbelievable. Like I haven't, watched, I haven't watched a lot of guys to be honest. Really? I've been I so I didn't even know about like I you know I don't really watch college football unless like there's a game on on Saturday. I'll check it out. Um, whatever. Witherspoon, I I checked him out on you know how he was doing. 22 years old. He's only a junior out of Illinois. Played all four years of college football. I. Let me see if I can find uh, targeted 63 times, allowed 22 catch for 206 yards, three interceptions, 14 pass breakups, and he didn't allow a single touchdown all season. Uh, 
played man coverage more than any other cornerback in this year's draft class, 560 out of 738 snaps. Um, and I I read like the PFF, their top rankings of quarterback cornerbacks, and I think whoever wrote it said like it was the best cornerback they might have seen in the last nine years of scouting. Wow. So anyway, that's I was just when I was watching his his highlights and stuff, I was just kind of my jaw dropped like so good. And he's not he's not falling to the Giants, no way. Um, definitely another top end of the first round pick, but just. I, I don't know. That's I just wanted to bring it up because I don't know if you saw him or not yet. But yeah, I got definitely. to. I, I got to start cranking through like the top guys and, and get it done before the combine's over. Yeah, because so, you're gonna. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say with the Senior Bowl. I assume you did more research on the Senior Bowl guys. One guy who I've been looking at a little bit with the cornerback group. He was at the Senior Bowl. I want to talk to you a little bit about him. Julius Brents from Kansas State. What did you think of him at the Senior Bowl? Obviously, it's a little bit different, right? You can see the clips online, but when you're actually there, you kind of get a better sense of it. He was solid. He had a, a couple of ba- down plays here and there, but he was really solid. Like he he was one of the better corners out of there. I can't. And he's six like. four. He's got like crazy length. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's one of those guys who maybe needs a little bit of development. I, you know, I see. I saw one person like say Tariq Woolen because obviously similar size, length, etc. But he's not like that quick, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to see more and more of these guys. I think who are more freak athletes. I mean, you see it every year, but I feel like every draft. You know, more and more, you're these, you know, I guess higher floor guys are just going lower and lower. And it's more of these high ceiling guys. You know, I don't think, you know, 10 years ago, Trayvon Walker would have ever gone number one overall. I, I feel like it's kind of like a development in how, how scouting is going now in the NFL. I'm not sure. Is that your opinion too? That it's kind of developing to more raw prospects who have more upside rather than these higher floor guys? It's weird. I've seen like like Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. I've seen him as like a top 10 guy. It's like all he knows how to do is bull rush and he's kind of a tweener between edge and defensive tackle. Trayvon Walker last year was insane. I actually get it with like, I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird the way it's going where it's like yeah. at the end of the day we're drafting football players. Now, the fact is is that the best players do fall into those categories of like those freak athletes, but they also know how to play foot, like football well. Yeah. You know, so... Like I still disagree with drafting Trayvon Walker first overall. Like I, I, I don't think. I mean, obviously, if he turns into a stud, I'll agree with it. But like I don't see him turning into the first overall someone worthy of the first overall pick. So it's been interesting to see. Like I, I think people are paying the combine is more important than I I used to think, but it's not the most important yeah. thing. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Uh, Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants, and also. Check out JM Football too. I forgot to mention that in the uh, in the intro. Does some film breakdowns there on draft prospects too? You've been doing recently, right? Yeah, yeah. Drew Sanders should be out next week. I got a couple matchup breakdowns of Darnell Wright versus Will Anderson, Paris Johnson versus Lucas Van Ness. So got some good stuff coming up. All right. So, Louis, thank you so much for joining us once again, and um, keep pumping out that draft content as we will too. So, uh, thank you so much, Bobby. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it, you guys. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.